Back in uh, 1974, I graduated from the University of New Hampshire with a degree in forestry. I have always been a tree hugger. And most people know this. And so on a regular basis, different individuals will come up to me and say, Don or Pastor Don, I've got this tree in my backyard and I don't know what it is. And they want me to identify it for them. I said, well, tell me about it. So about half the time I can guess what it is by their description. The other half I say, look, bring me in a couple leaves or a branch. And so they do. And so I've become kind of the local tree identifier. Now, I find it very curious that in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, Jesus gives us guidance about how to identify trees, believe it or not. (coughs) And he says this, every tree can be identified by its fruit. Now, you may not be able to name all the trees in your backyard or in in the metro parks or in the city streets or anything else like that, but identifying a tree by its fruit is not that tough. Let me give you a little quiz, okay? Let's get the first. <coughs> what kind of tree did this come from? Okay, you got it, see? Now, next slide. Where did this come from? We don't have them here, but you even know an exotic, you can identify an exotic palm tree. That's great. Okay, next slide. Acorn. Oak tree, yeah, very good. Acorns come from oak trees. Great, okay, the next slide. You're getting good at this. Now this one. Okay, only about half of you got buckeye. Those are buckeyes. And those of you that have picked up, I'm talking about with a husk on there. What do you know about the husk? It's prickly, you just can't grab it, okay? Okay, final tree. Where'd this come from? Maple tree. Gabe, can you get me some water? (coughs) Excuse me. Okay. Jesus said, you will be able to identify a tree by its fruit. Now, (coughs) bearing fruit on a tree is a natural process. It happens. After a tree's 5, 10, 15 years old, it will bear fruit. That's just the way it works. Now, I'm not going to talk to you about uh, trees this whole time. Thanks a lot, Trey. And we're having a, this is a long series, eight weeks. And every week you'll be able to find something that you can practically use, I guarantee it. But Jesus uses this image, and Paul also uses this image of the tree and the fruit in saying we are to produce fruit in our life. Fruit of the Spirit, Paul says, that's what they are. Now, this series is called Good Fruit. How do we produce good fruit in our life? What is this fruit that we're supposed to produce? Fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, they're attributes, character attributes that describe who we are as people. Okay? Jesus said, you will be able to, not just to identify a tree by its fruit, but you'll be able to identify those who are my disciples by the fruit in their life. Patience 
is a fruit of the Spirit. It should be a fruit in your life. Not fully developed, okay, because you have the rest of your life for this fruit to mature. But you should be more patient than you were three years ago. That fruit should be growing. Gratitude or thanksgiving, that is a fruit of the Spirit. You should be becoming more and more grateful as you age. Humility. It's not a value that's high, that's 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 uh, valued very much in our culture today, but it's a Christian fruit. You should be growing in humility. Your ego and your humility should they should be being displaced like this. As you become more and more humble, you become less and less arrogant. Now, <clears throat> I want us to look at a couple of passages to see what Jesus to see further what Jesus has to say about this. Let's look at uh, Matthew chapter 7. Now, this is a harsh, biting, cutting, serious, get right with God verse. I'm not going to try to soften it. This is Jesus saying, every true, every tree that does not produce, and by the way, He's not really talking about maple trees or oak trees or buckeye trees. He's talking about you and me, okay? Every person that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown in the fire. He's talking about on the last day. So you need to know that bearing the fruit of the Spirit and having these character attributes mature within us, this is not an elective It's a requirement. It's a vital requirement, one that you and I will be held accountable for on the day when we appear before Christ. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. It's a very simple parallel or very simple comparison. I showed you five different fruits, and you identified what the tree was, okay? By the same token, a Christian, a serious follower of Christ, ought to be identified by the character attributes in their life. These ought to be maturing. They ought to be growing in our life. We have one other passage. This is in John 15. When you produce much fruit, you are truly my disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. You want to know how to live a life pleasing to God? You bear fruit. Jesus said it. This is the way my Father is brought glory by us bearing fruit. And then the final uh, verse 16 You didn't choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. What is God's will for our life? This is one of the questions that uh, years ago when I was in college and when I worked with college students back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, the number one question that college students, Christian college students would ask is, what is God's will for my wife, life? That was also an issue, you know, who will be my wife? That was, that was a little Freudian slip there, okay? Now, it just so happens both of my daughters are involved in student ministry, and they, tell, they say, this is the same thing, Dad. 
What is God's... Now, what they really want to know is who should I marry and what major should I take on or what job should I have? Now, the Word of God is silent about those two and many other, many other uh, questions that we have regarding God's will. But it's very clear what God's will is for our life, and that is that we would produce lasting fruit. I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit. No matter who you marry, no matter what job you have, no matter where you live, no matter what part of the country you move to, God's will for your life is the same, that you would produce lasting fruit. Now, I would like to tell you that developing fruit in our lives as disciples of Christ comes automatically. You give your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within you, and now the fruit, you know, first there's the blossom, then there's the little bud, and then there's the fruit start, that that's a natural process it is not. An apple tree, when it turns about 10 or 15 years old, it naturally produces apples. It doesn't happen in the life of a Christian. We have a church in the United States filled with immature believers would-be disciples that have no fruit in their life. There needs to be a natural transformation. Randy uh, uh, said that the often quoted phrase that life change happens best in, life, in relationship. This life change, this transformation is not automatic. Let me give you a picture. Can you put that next slide um, up there? Okay, <clears throat> this is a natural transformation in the life of a tadpole slash frog. How many of you, growing up as kids, got to ever catch some tadpoles and then watch them grow up to be frogs? Did any of you ever get that? Oh, much more here than, is it maybe 30 here? The first service was only about 15. Anyway, this is an experience, those of you that are parents or grandparents, you need to give to your kids. You need to figure out a way, and just look for one of the neighborhood teenagers, they'll do it for you, to catch some tadpoles and put them in a little, little fishbowl, one-gallon fishbowl. I don't know what they eat, whatever tadpoles eat, you know, fish food. And let your kids watch them develop into frogs. It is the most um, awe-inspiring experience that you can give to a kids at a little age. You know, every day you, you, know, you can have them write down what changes took place. You can see the, the legs develop, the tail falls off. Being a naturalist, I'm concerned about the inter what happens internally to change a tadpole into a frog, you know? Frogs are amphibians. And we don't think much about newts and salamanders. They're also amphibians. It's a small little order of things. But what distinguishes them is they start out their life with a set of gills. They breathe in the water. If you took a tadpole and threw it on land, what would happen to it? It would die. 
But this inner transformation takes place, which is what's supposed to happen to us as disciples of Christ. And a frog develops a set of lungs and breathes on land. So they go from being water breathers to air breathers. What would happen if you took a frog and you held it under water for an hour? It would die. Or as somebody said in the first service, it would croak. <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful, I got to tell you. So tadpole thrown on the land is going to die. A frog held in the water is going to die. It's a transformation. Unfortunately, this natural transformation does not happen in the life of a disciple in this country. We have churches across this country filled with old tadpoles. Now that's an oxymoron. There's no such thing in nature as an old tadpole. You can't stop the transformation process. Well, the transformation process in Christians in this country has, has, has stopped for a couple hundred years. Someone once said Christianity in America is 3,000 miles wide and a half inch deep. There's a problem here. <clears throat> Remember what we read in Matthew, uh, uh, Matthew chapter 7? Any, now I'm not saying this to scare you, but I want you to know that bearing the fruit of the Spirit is not an elective. You know what an elective is? <clears throat> an elective is a class you take in school that's not required. When I was in college, you could have over four years, you could take two electives. Some of my friends, believe it or not, took basket weaving. That was an elective. It didn't matter. It was what we would call a gut. Did, did they call it that? A gut class is one you get an A in no matter what. It was simple. Okay. Bearing fruit for a disciple is not an elective. It's a requirement. Jesus said, any tree of mine... This may give you a different take on who our master is. Any tree of mine that does not bear fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I don't want any of you to be cut down and thrown into the fire. So if I have to speak kind of hard this morning... It's because I care about you. Do you understand? Now, let me get what I would call a little more up close and personal here. How are we doing time-wise? I'm okay. All right. There are times, there were many times I was a full-time pastor for 40 years. And now I've been here at North Point, I don't know, four, five, six years as a half-time pastor. So Pastor Brad bears the most weight of anyone here on his shoulders. There's this verse, and in 40 years, I never preached on this verse. Oh, I knew it very well. 
And Pastor Brad has never preached on this verse. He's been here for 25 plus or minus years. But I want to take you in the inner, inner sanctum here of what it's like to be a pastor, just for 60 seconds or two minutes. And I want you to understand ministry, life, the church, through our eyes. It may help you understand why Pastor Brad, for the most part, and me for a small, do what we do and say what we do. The apostle to the Hebrews says this. The work of your spiritual leaders, of your pastors, is to watch over your souls. We're not just running a business here, a church business, with a budget and with, with committee meetings and all that other kind. There are budget and there are committee meetings. But the work of your pastors is to watch over your souls. And they will have to give an account to God. I want, this, I want this to press in on you. When you appear before the judgment seat of God, God is going to be looking for what? What did we just read? Fruit in your life. I want there to be fruit. I don't want you to be an unfruitful tree. Remember, fruit are these character attributes such as patience and generosity. They need to be growing and maturing in your life. I don't want you to show up on that day before Christ and have no fruit. Now, when Pastor Brad and I appear before the judgment seat, we, of course, will have to show that we have developed spiritual fruit in our life as well. But on top of that, we will be held accountable for how well we helped you grow in your spiritual life. How well we oversaw the tending of your souls. Does that make sense? Now, <clears throat> I have the privilege of kind of being best friends with your pastor, with Pastor Brad, and that we share things in confidence with each other and we, we share hard things. And we both, although much more Pastor Brad than myself, we have to say and do some hard things once in a while. And I, I'm ashamed, and, no, I'm saddened to say that we lose people from this church every quarter. Longtime members of the church because they got offended by something that I said or Pastor Brad said. Pastor Brad saw something in their life that was not right. And because he's going to be held accountable for the condition of their soul on that day when Jesus came, he felt compelled to speak a word of truth to them, even though they didn't want to hear it. And very seldom does someone say, oh, thank you, Pastor Brad. Oh, I'm so glad. I was, I was going crooked and you brought me back onto the path. Has that ever happened, Pastor Brad? No, he's shaking his head. What usually happens is the person gets offended and leaves. Now, when that happens, that tells me that there's very little fruit 
in that person's life. If you've got a beef with this church or with me or with Pastor Brad, you come to us and we will listen. Now, you might be right, and Pastor Brad and I will be the first to own up to it and say, you know, you're right. You know, I shouldn't have done that. I apologize. More often than not, you may have just gotten your feet stepped on by some truth, and you're offended. And Pastor Brad and I, we're held accountable to God. We can't back off from some truth we said. So, okay, you get a special dispensation because you have sensitive feelings. The truth doesn't apply to, are you with me? You get, I can keep going, but you get the point, all right? It's not easy being a shepherd of souls. You need to be in prayer for Pastor Brad. There's this weight. He's never going to tell you about it. I never told the flock when I was shepherd for 40 years about it. Sounds too much like, oh, you know, I'm tooting my own horn or whatever. But I can speak up on behalf of Pastor Brad. He doesn't know I'm doing this, so I'll hear about it on Monday, I'll tell you. <clears throat> he bears the weight of the souls of each one of you on his shoulders. Now, as I said, the condition of the church in America is shallow with all these adult tadpoles. And it pains me to say that the primary reason for this is that the leadership of the 300,000 plus or minus churches in this country has not done a good job providing opportunities for the lay people to grow in their spiritual lives to develop spiritual fruit. That's going to be on the 300,000 pastors when they face Christ. Now, that is not the case here at North Point. Pastor Brad has designed a system here where you can spiritually mature and develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life. We're going to spend the next two months looking at what those fruits look like in our life. There are three basic ingredients. They're not the only ingredients, okay? If you're going to bake a cake, you need, uh, you need sugar and you need flour and you need eggs. Those are the three basic ingredients. There's other ingredients like vanilla and a little baking powder and all this. But those are the three. We have three basic ingredients and these need to be in your life. Number one, <clears throat> Pastor Brad already covered the North Point Daily. You need to be in this book on a regular daily basis. We provide the, the North Point Daily to help you with that. You cannot grow closer to Jesus without being in this book that he's given us. It's just, you can't be. This is meant to feed our souls that we can develop the fruit of the Spirit. Now, Pastor Brad got excited this morning that uh, we printed up 300 of those dailies and they're all gone. But on many other occasions, he said to me, Pastor Don, we have 1,500 people that call North Point their home. I'm concerned about the 1,200 
who as far as I know are not in the word daily. That is not acceptable to me. And so I pray for them. That's the first item that is necessary. The second item, and by the way, this was uh, Randy's or Dr. Daniel's last words, official words on staff. Get in a life group, basically. Now, we have a really good, I, I, I like percentages. The number of people that are here on Sunday morning and the number of people that are in small groups, that ratio is really high here at North Point. But it's only 300 and something. What about the other 1,150 people who are not in small groups? You cannot develop the fruit of the Spirit in your life on your own. It's impossible. The gospel wasn't meant to be done solo. It's meant to be done with a small group of other people who you can study with and you can ask questions with and you can struggle with and you can pray with. If you're not in a small group, and, and once again, I'm, I'm hitting you hard and that is because I do not want to see you as a, true, a, a tree with no fruit that's cut down and thrown in the fire. I take this, I take the state of your soul, your well-being with God, that's more important than anything else to me in life. That's why I'm still alive. That's the only reason why I have to still be alive. I'm, I'm serious. I have two grown daughters. They're both working in ministry up there. They're immersed in ministry up to their eyeballs, helping people get to know Jesus. They don't need me anymore. My wife and I, we've been married almost 50 years this year. We've had a, a, a great run of it. I've done everything that God wants me to do except to help more people bear the fruit of the Spirit that they might hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, when they stand before the judgment seat. So if I have to speak harshly at times, like Jesus did today about being cut down and thrown in the fire, I will. You need to be in the Word of God daily. You need to be in a small group. And you need to be here on Sunday morning, the large group, to worship. It seems like everybody was enjoying themselves in the worship. Now, the small group bit. I've heard every excuse in the book why I can't be in a small group. Pastor, I'm not a night person. I'm a morning person. I get it. That's the way I am. We've got groups in the morning for you. Pastor, I got burned before in a small group. I just don't, I don't want to, you need to suck it up and try it again. <laughs> a lot of bearing fruit is sucking it up. This is not a cakewalk. We're not, you know, merrily, 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 life is but We're not in a canoe floating downstream. Jesus said, you want to be my disciple? Deny yourself. This is hard work following Jesus. A lot of times he'd get finished teaching and the crowds would, would, would forsake him because it was too hard. He turned to the 12 and said, are you going to go too? And they felt like it. They said, well, where else are we going to go? Who has the words of life? Pastor, I don't have enough time. I'm really busy. You're too busy. If you're that busy and you have to choose between coming here on Sunday morning and being in a small group, 
stay home on Sundays. This is how serious I am about this. Be in a small group if you have to choose between. Now, most of you don't have to choose, but I'm underscoring that for you to know how important it is to do your faith with other people. Now, we're going to pray. I'm going to lead us in prayer. Join with me, please. Lord Jesus, as I read through your book, there are times when I'm lifted up to heaven in praise and in awe and wonder. And there are other times when I'm convicted and I have to fall onto my knees and confess. This is one of those times this morning when we got a chance to worship and be elated, but now we got to hear your word about the fruitless trees being cut off and thrown into the fire. We don't want to be that. We don't want to be that. We may not know everything there is to know about the fruit of the Spirit. We may not even know where to start or how to do this. But if your Father is glorified by our bearing fruit, that's what we want. That's what we want more than anything else in life. Jesus, help us. Help us. These three things I mentioned, you know, being in the Word, being in a small group, being here in worship. These are a means to an end. And that end is drawing closer to you and as a result of that bearing fruit in our life. We give you permission right now, Holy Spirit, to guide us, to show us the next step in our life as to how we can bear fruit for your glory. That's what we want to do. All we can ask for as the end product of our life, 50 years, 75 years, 100, is to hear you say those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Enter the kingdom that has been prepared for you from before the foundations of the world. Oh, we live for those words, Jesus. Holy Spirit, do not let us leave here today without a resolve to bear more fruit. And may that fruit glorify you, we pray in your great and wonderful name. Amen.